everybody and welcome to another episode of the Making Sense podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back everyone. Thank you for staying with us. This is episode 16. Um, This is Sam. Say it with your chest a little bit more. I asked you to intro it and you said no. Because I I knew you was going to do just that, you see. I'm trying to help you get better. Anyway, (laughs) Hi, it's Jay. Um, You're going to edit what out? We're editing nothing out. We're editing it out. Anyway, sorry, Kalisha. It's Kalisha. <laughs> and, uh, and your truly Frank isn't in the building today. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he's not in the building today. Yeah, he's an international man of mystery. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll never know what he's doing. But he um, has heavily contributed to what we're going to do today. Indeed. As some of you might have seen earlier this week, we had the great opportunity to go to... Sorry. To turn off your phone. To Elam <laughs> College which is an arts college based yeah. in East London. And yeah. we were able to go and speak to them about finances in particular during university. Mm-hmm. So we've done a presentation, which you may have caught on live. We know it was during your working hours. So thank you if you were able to tune in. But um, we just wanted to speak a little bit more in depth on mm, agreed. what we spoke on that day. The audio and video will be coming out, but we just wanted to touch on because some of the students did ask for our details and the podcast. So we'll be putting this out. So, and thank you for Rochelle for that opportunity yes. as well. Yes, thank yeah, you very, very much. Out. It was an amazing hookup. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. It was, it was really, really good. I had mm. such a good time. For sure. Uh, the, the kids, I shouldn't even call them students. The Sorry, students. students. Yes. <laughs> my age. The students were really engaged, a lot yeah. more engaged than I thought it'd be. Yeah, yeah. They seemed quite keen for the information. Definitely. You know, I had a few ask me questions afterwards. Yeah. And that's kind of the main reason why I feel we're doing this, just for a bit of a wrap up to cover any bits that we didn't yeah. cover at the live show of or course. a seminar it was a seminar we yeah, did, right? a seminar. yeah a seminar yeah. yeah as normal you can plan and try and plan time into the tea but we'll get there we'll yeah, get yeah there. we will, we will. <laughs> the more we do yeah it's only our second event so yeah, yeah come yeah. on but yeah, okay, so I'll start off. Um, Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what? Our loyal listeners must be so frustrated with us in this disclaimer, yeah, yeah. you know. So, the disclaimer, obviously, if you don't know by now. So, please always remember we, we are not registered financial advisors. And if you need any more information, just make sure you research, research, research. And just think about anything before you do any investments or take on any of our advice advice exactly well done <laughs> sam's on one today take, now she's eating take it away Jerome. i will thank you Kalisha. <laughs> thank you so much for your support over there early as there's early. none coming from my wife anyway yes yeah, so i um kind of let me bri- just whatever so i briefly covered uh student bank accounts um at the seminar and kind of wanted to go through it a little bit more um when i was looking into it and looking at it the area in particular i wanted to focus on was overdrafts mainly because you hear it every, not every day, but you often hear that in the UK and probably other developed countries, there's a massive debt problem. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. you know, uh, salaries are stretched, things are becoming expensive and people are having to rely on debt more and more. Yeah. Um, for students, um, as kind of Francis discussed with the student loans, yeah, yeah that's probably the most recognised debt that students will think about. Yeah. But it's probably n- not as dangerous as an overdraft simply because you know it's easy to get into an overdraft but can often be very difficult to get out it becomes a part of your normal monthly kind of money yeah you know you consider it to be your money and it's not it is debt and while with a student uh, bank account you won't pay interest on your overdraft which i'll kind of detail a bit later you will get into the habit of using it and having it so then once you finish graduating or finish university so i say 
um, you'll be in a situation where now you're dependent on that overdraft and now having to pay fees, which can be quite high, uh, especially if you go over your overdraft. So uh, I'll go for a few uh, kind of highlights about a student bank account yeah. uh, and the overdraft in particular. So when we spoke, it was quite interesting. Uh, not many people had uh, bank accounts. A lot of them had savings accounts, but it doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me. Um, you know, we have we open up savings accounts for our kids. Uh, it's only now you're seeing one or two kind of debit cards for young kids. I know mm-hmm. my daughter, she's got one. She's only nine. Uh, but she's got this little card now. It's linked to an app. I think it's similar to Monzo. And I think that was an interesting point. I do think we need to get kids used to using a debit card and a current account a lot earlier Definitely. in life. Not at the age of 17 or so, having to move from a ba- savings account, account to a bank account. account. Yeah, it's a big course. shift. You know, having to get used to direct debits, paying for things on card. Yada yada yada. Um, but you know, talking about Monzo, maybe for students, Monzo might be actually be a good idea. I because think it so. T- tells them exactly when the money comes out. Yeah, I think so. They know exactly that yeah, and that's why I, I kind of mentioned it that I think for a student, especially where they're on their phones anyway all the time, mm-hmm. it'd probably be useful for them to have a Monzo or, or an alternative like Revolut or wherever it's going to be, uh, and load up their spending money on that. Yeah, and just manage it that way. I think it'd be better than putting them onto a traditional uh, bank, bank account. account. Yeah, yeah, but with a student bank account, the main kind of uh, features of it is that you get an interest-free um, overdraft. Generally, it ranges between fifteen hundred and three thousand. Yeah. Uh, the important point to remember with that that's an up to limit. So, actually, let me step back a little bit. So, some will give you the full amount straight away. Others will say we're going to give you five hundred pounds in the first year. £1,500 in the second year, then £3,000 in your third year. That's how some of it is. It all depends on the bank you go to. Um, The amount you get, though, wherever that be, is heavily dependent on your credit score. Uh, And that's one of the things that came out to me in this session. Not many people are aware of their credit score, what it was, what a credit score is, where to get it. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you think back, do you remember when you first were made aware of it? Because I don't know if... I worked when I worked in the bank. Oh, yeah, that's that's, yes. that's the only, only reason why. Same. That's the only yeah. reason why. But that was from what age? Because these these were students oh, were about yeah, yeah, what, that's early twenties, seventeen. Yeah. 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 So it, yeah, but prior to that, yeah, it's crazy that still now people don't know what it exactly. is. Exactly, and it's yeah. so 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 important. Yeah. Um, as I was saying to the kids, guys, sorry, it's your essentially your financial CV. Um, yeah. all decisions about you know around sorry your phone contract, trying to get a car out on lease or finance, getting a mortgage. Um, insurance to some regards even some jobs are going to be dependent on your credit score on your credit file yeah depending on what field you want to go into exactly right Um, so it's really important that you know what it is uh, where to get it and you keep track of it you know it's not just you overspending it could be fraudulent activities end of the the day you need to know your credit score you need to be aware of it Um, and yeah the overdraft you'll be available uh, be available to you will be dependent on your credit score Um, for students you're not going to have much credit history and there is that issue where you can't get credit because you've had no credit history so one tip will be make sure you try and apply for a bank account straight away and make sure make sure make sure you're in the electoral role Um, that does help your credit score it gives you some stability when they search you so make sure you do that before you apply for a student bank account uh, to get one, you have to have an unconditional offer from your university, or if you have a conditional offer, you have to have you have to have proof that you've attained the results uh, within uh, that conditional offer. Yeah, basically. So they need to know you're going to university. Basically, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you yeah. can only get it if you're going to university. if you're going to university. Yeah. Um, once you've finished university, um, so you know you, you've got it, you've had your overdraft. Now it's up to three thousand pounds. It's interest free. Once you finish university, they're going to start charging your interest. Unless 
you go onto a graduate account, which yeah. I won't go into much detail on, but basically it's an account for graduates. And instead of your overdraft increasing year on year, it will start decreasing year on year. So it's kind of used to help you taper off of the overdraft. Yeah. So make sure, make sure if you don't automatically switch to a graduate account, you put yourself onto one because you might end up on an interest bearing account. I think it gives you one year after you've graduated. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And um, that, you, that year is short <laughs> and it quickly short. draws to a close. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then reality will hit. That was definitely my experience. Yeah. So uh, that would be your kind of main things. You need to have, you need to be going to university. You need to have proof that you've been accepted. You're going to get into university. You get an interest-free overdraft uh, for three years. It will go up depending on your credit score. I don't know. What else is there to go to go through on it actually um in terms of bank accounts normally you're only allowed one per student yes. however you have to remember that because it is a business there aren't many restrictions on you getting more than one yeah i was able to get two simply from them asking me have you got another student account and i just said no so i was able to open up two which obviously means more debt because they're giving me more overdraft and like i said that bit me in the butt um, a year after uni when it was no longer a graduate account and reality hit I was being charged on that oh you had one I didn't have a student bank account, yeah right? I had two I oh had really two. I didn't Western have one Halifax I think I went to uni <laughs> years ago <laughs> but yeah to kind of close off the most important thing to remember is um, your overdraft is meant to be for emergencies right yeah. um, you shouldn't be dipping into it every month if you are and I say not judging here um, you need to assess your budget you know Kalisha and Sam spoke a little bit about budgeting and they'll mm-hmm. do so again today but if you find yourself constantly in your overdraft you need to get a plan out of it whether it be any incoming you're going to get you putting it into a separate account and paying off your overdraft yeah. a chunk at a time yeah. instead of having your salary go into the overdraft account I think that's one tip that's one thing I used back in the day mm. you know so instead of going into overdraft getting clearing it with my pay and yeah. going back in every month I changed my uh, bank account to another one, mm-hmm. had my salary paid into there and just paid off from like two, three hundred pounds a month into yeah. the overdraft yeah. account. It's just a lot mentally easier yeah. to clear. Definitely. Um, so that's one of the tips if you find yourself in it uh, of a, as a way to get out of it. Um, as I say, you really, really need to be disciplined with it um, yeah. because, uh, you know, little things like this, if you go over your overdraft limit, there's a transactional fee so for every uh, transaction over Over your overdraft overdraft, limit they'll charge you maybe 30 or so pounds there could be a daily fee and a monthly fee all three of those so and when I worked in the bank you saw so many people that may have gone over their overdraft by 10 pounds and now all of a sudden owe the bank 700 exactly and you have to think was it worth what you were buying because you've not actually spent so much more exactly so just be very very mindful Uh, another important point about overdrafts they can take it away at any point yeah. That's one. That's the reason why I was always scared of overdrafts. Your bank can either reduce or take away your overdraft facility at their discretion. They may have to give you some notice, maybe thirty days or something, but it's not as structured as your student loan. Which, as as we said, many people now consider a student loan just to be another form of tax. Yeah. Because most yeah. people are never going to pay off their student loan, so it's kind of be, you're going to be paying it for your working life throughout your working life anyway. Yeah. Uh, so many people now think of it as just an additional nine percent tax compared to someone that didn't go to university. Um, so, you know, I still think it's something you shouldn't just be fancy free with. But um, I think the focus definitely be, needs to be more on your overdraft because I think that can be more detrimental yeah. to your financial yeah. kind of health. I think there's less guidance out there about it. With student loan, yeah. you, f- you fill in forms, you yeah, get a yeah, lump yeah, of yeah. information in your lap. Yeah, the information on overdrafts is out there, mm-hmm. but I just think it's not easily in your face no. as a student loan yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, whatever quick point. Um, 
Now, this isn't me uh, giving you advice here, as we've already said in our <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. But I heard it, and it sounded pretty interesting to me. So, we've dealt with the people that, you know, may use their overdraft. We've dealt with the people that may overuse their overdraft or depend on their overdraft. There are going to be some people out there that don't need it. Mm. You know, maybe their family situation is different. Maybe they've saved up. Who knows? You may not need the overdraft. If you are disciplined enough... One thing I've heard in, from several sources is something called snoozing. So you're going to get this overdraft amount f- uh, for free or interest free. Mm. You could essentially take that money out, put it into a high interest account for like a year or three years and be gaining interest on money that you didn't need. So that that essentially would be free money. Yeah. But you'd have to be disciplined enough to know that yeah. you're going to take that money out, save it, it well and, and not use it, you know. Mm. Um, so that's what you, you may see that it sounds, you know, sounds sensible to me yeah. Definitely. but I just think you have to be disciplined to do that so be honest with yourself and do the research yeah for sure for sure like but yeah it, it sounds pretty straightforward you know you're being charged zero percent interest you can receive maybe three four or five percent interest from somewhere else or whatever so there is a kind of margin for you to make some money uh, and that would probably be my last tip really yeah. but I think yeah the main thing uh, guys is get out there uh, understand your credit score shop around um, not only do they give you the overdraft some will give you freebies so yeah. like a free rail card yeah. cash back discount in places whatever they are doing these things to try and get you to buy into that bank and maybe be with them for the next 20 30 years mm-hmm. you know as you increase your salaries they're hoping you'll be paying more money in so they'll just be mindful they're not giving you the stuff out of the goodness of their heart it is a business at the end of the day and, and approach it that way I think yeah but it can be beneficial to you if you use it sensibly yeah, so if that, you yeah. make full use of the benefits and don't slip up and be in your overdraft too much it can work I think so you. and that's the, across the whole financial spectrum right it's about being disciplined yeah and getting the benefits and trying to stay away from the negatives I suppose right yeah cool should we so Francis on the day of the presentation he um, ran through student loans bursaries grants should we have a quick run through of mm-hmm. what he was speaking to students so it was quite interesting he spoke to students about how much they thought they'd need for university and somebody said 60k yeah for the three years and i can't lie even me when i heard that i was like oh excessive yeah. <laughs> but then when francis broke it down he said on average it's roughly eighteen thousand pounds yep. a year a year so that 60k was actually the closest answer we got 27 so um students were taken into account the I called it admission fees. It is the admission fees yeah, per year. Mm-hmm. £9,000 times fees, the tuition fees. fees yeah. yeah. But, so, and then some students would take, said 40K, so taking into mm. account any additional fees. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was, they had a rough idea of how much it would cost, which was, which was good. Um, and he spoke about what you're able to get from the government. So everybody that goes to university as standard is entitled to the student loan. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think in our day, we or depending on, on our day i know in our day i know i know wow. <laughs> um it would depend on whether you lived out or not so the standard loan that covered the tuition was mm-hmm. standard depending on how if if you went to uni yep. if, i think it was like 1200 when we went to uni what 1200 a year? a year no i paid i was three grand a year yeah my what? university yeah my university was only three thousand pounds a year yeah when did well, you when you went after me? Remember your your you know a young team. No, but did the fees drop? They went Youngish. up. They went up. Yeah, I, I think they went up the year after I went. They went up to like six grand a year or something like I that. I feel like I paid one two seven five a year for uni. <laughs> I'm being dead Are you serious. sure? Really? I'm being dead serious. I'm gonna have to look into this now. But I swear my my fees my fees weren't three grand. So how did so. So how did so you? So I'm excited. We have live. Oh. <laughs> Are there people in there? Yeah, and they were my friends. Oh, oh God. <laughs> So supportive. But yeah, anyway, anyway, depending on how much your tuition fee was, 
you're automatically entitled to a loan to cover that for the in three years. I don't know how much how it goes if you continue to redo years and stuff, but whatever. Mm. Um, and then you're entitled to a maintenance loan after that, depending on how much you need, whether you live out. So, Jay, you didn't actually take no maintenance loan. So, um, so I actually got a grant um, mm. because I was just that special. Um, do you want to hold that for me? Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know how I got the grant. I got to go grant. But yeah, I I took out like a thousand pounds in the first year. Then I took out the three thousand pounds in year two and three. Um, so I didn't have that much to take out. Um, but yeah, I, I think the main point I got from what Francis was saying was, is many people only think about the tuition fees. Yes, the, exactly. The, the big cost that people, the uh, students need to think about is living. You know, you have to, if you if you do live out, you have to live on campus. You know, there's a whole heap of bills that you're now having to be responsible for yeah. that you weren't you weren't potentially before. Even if you're living at home, you know, you're you're becoming an adult now. You may have to help out in the home. You're going to want to do more things. So there's going to be more costs than just tuition fees when it comes to um, higher education. And I think all of that is what people need to consider. And that's probably why they're so heavily dependent on their overdrafts. And why are you smiling? Um, <laughs> that's probably why they're so heavily dependent on their overdrafts because they get to university and it's, okay, tuition fees are kind of sorted. Because yeah. my understanding is you get the loan and they pay the tuition fee. So you don't even get involved in that yeah, transaction. Exactly. But, exactly. you know, your rent, your bills, your going out, your books, you know, whatever, your travel, that's all on you. And that's covered under maintenance. It comes into your exactly. account. And I'm hearing that's, a lot of people consider that not to be enough now. Um, it depends on how you're living, but mm. I don't think, it, I think it just about covers rent. Mm. That's how it was in my day, just oh, really? about covers rent, oh, bills wow. and stuff. I worked throughout uni. so And I think it feels like that's stuff. a norm now, right? Yeah. I don't know many people that say they don't yeah. work throughout uni. When we asked people who was working, a lot of hands went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's... I was the, quite surprised. I'm not really. If you think of where we are now, I just, as you say, the maintenance loan's not stretching far enough to cover their basic needs. And they're probably going to have more than basic needs, right? Mm, they're going to want to go out, they want to have fun, they're at uni. You know, so um, I think that was the main thing. There's a, it's, it can be quite expensive. And I think the guys, stuff you lot touched on in terms of budgeting is going to be really key for them because I didn't learn how to budget. I probably still don't budget as well as I could do now, but I didn't even learn to start budgeting until later on in life. No, I didn't. You know, I think if it's a skill I had as a teenager, I think I'd probably be rich. <laughs> <laughs> or so my parents would say. Richer. Rich. Ah, whatever. Uh. I'm not rich. You don't, you lot know that if I was rich. <laughs> I'd be on an island somewhere. <laughs> and he also spoke about um, student loan is a standard, but there are also grants and bursaries. Yeah. Everybody's entitled to it. A lot of people don't know this. And the grants and bursaries, you don't actually have to pay back. Yeah. So I don't know. At some point, maybe we go through the whole cost of education at some point. Yeah. But my friend John, uh, when he sat his MBA, he was able to get access to certain bursaries and grants that kind of helped uh, limit how much loan he'd have to take out. Um, and as these things like a lot of things like this you know like discounts and stuff not all of it's advertised you yeah. have to go out and ask for it yeah. um, and I think that's something a lot of students should be aware of you know go and speak to whoever it is in your institution and ask them what is available to me go on the Google and whatever and, and maybe you don't have to take out as much loan maybe you don't have to work as long if you can get some grants or whatever and maybe you, you know your student loan is not big enough that you can afford to pay off I think it's quite sad that students nowadays will never pay off their student loan but Francis did make a good point. He said after 30 years or 31 years, the loan just goes away. That's, that's a long time. It is a long time. <laughs> but if you think of it like this, you're given this amount of money so that you can go and study. Mm -hmm. You only pay it back once you're earning a certain amount. 
the amount comes automatically out of your pay so it is seen like a second tax there's no obligation to make separate arrangements to pay that off if you choose a career or your pay is just never up to a certain amount for 30 years mm. that loan just disappears yeah i hear that do you know what i mean so you're it's still a benefit do you know what i mean no, no, it is i think yeah it's still a benefit just not as good because i'll be honest the month i paid off my student loan it felt like i got a pay rise like it was in, it, <laughs> yeah. it was insane because you also got deduction. more yeah yeah I was like, I was like, wow! I actually am making money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as poor as I thought. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that's just me because maybe because I'm in a situation where I haven't got student loan anymore. I think it's a bit sad that students nowadays will never pay off their student loan. But as you say, you're right. If you look at it as for what it is now, it's just another tax. So basically, as we said to some of the students, if you're paying twenty percent tax. Um, you're now going to be paying 29. If you're paying 40% tax, you're paying 49. Versus someone who didn't go to uni, they'll be paying 20 and 40. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, yeah, I think people nowadays just need to consider that, really. Yeah. Cool. What else did we cover? So um, you did budgeting, right? Yeah, budgeting and accommodation. Yeah, so in regards to budgeting, as I said, when you say budgeting, or you can call it a personal finance plan, because budgeting <clears throat> sounds like you're depriving yourself. So budgeting is basically knowing how much money you have, know exactly where your money is going and how you can save. So um, and depending on the individual, it all depends on what your short term or long term goal is. Yeah. So do you want to pay off your student loan quicker? Do you want savings at the ending of your university term? Do you want to treat yourself to bags and shoes yeah, throughout, ex- your, exactly. throughout your time during uni? So it just all depends do. on yourself. So ways of budgeting is via spreadsheet which we are going to provide for you next week yeah Yeah, francis is one not mine yeah (laughs) you gotta pay me you gotta pay me for my one (laughs) no you don't (laughs) so spreadsheet which i know sam uses as well yeah or apps which i think are really good and i gave some examples of some apps one of the apps one of the best apps and it's voted number one on all the websites i checked is called mint budgeting app and that was voted number one as i said and that is on apple and android supposedly but i couldn't find it on android and that is free another one is called you need a budget app y-n-a-b and that's on apple and android and that was voted one of the best apps to get you out of debt oh really mm. yeah and it also let's say also you from living from paycheck to paycheck and so many people do, you know, I know people that are earning obscene amounts of money. And, and still living paycheck to paycheck. I'm telling you. So this information is just not for students. It's yeah, for it's for everybody. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. That, that, those apps sound really good. When you said it um, earlier this week, I was like, okay, cool, I'm taking it. But the only thing with you need a budget, it is free for only up to about, I think, 34 days. And after that, there's a fee. But, um, well, just try out the free yeah. trial. If you think it's actually worth it and it's benef- benefiting you, then you might actually want to pay that. I think it's £10 a month or whatever it and is. And if it is saving you money, then maybe you have that £10 to spare. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. You have to Definitely. think about it. And there's another app called Wally. Oh, yeah, it's called Wally. On Apple, it's called Wally. On Android, it's called Wally Plus. Okay. And with that one, when you're obviously when you're budgeting, you have to track your expenses and um, put in all the information that you spend, basically. And with that, app with Wally you just take a picture <laughs> take a picture of your receipts and Sorry it just uploads all the information for you <laughs> Sorry guys that's yeah. that's very useful actually because some people don't want to sit there and input the information no. so to know that you can just print receipts or scan receipts mm. it's good and tips for budgeting is be flexible okay my hands are if you want to spend extra on like school supplies or you want to have a party or 
you just want to treat yourself, you can do so, but just uh, make sure you balance it out in other where areas and cut back in wherever else you need to. Um, don't yeah. be so tight. <laughs> yeah, That's my problem. Don't be you so know. tight on yourself because you see when you're so tight, you have image miserable. That's my problem. Did we have a similar yeah, conversation? Yeah, I, no, I got a quick depression in the car on the way here. If anyone knows Jerome, nah, then they know that he's not lying. No, nah, I got quick depression because we're in that same situation. It's like, okay, I don't feel like I'm living extra- extravagant now. I know if some people were to, you know, go through what I spend my money on, they might say, oh, do you really need that? Do you really need this? Yeah. I find I spend most of my money on food. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting. I actually read a study about that, that people our age, that's where we spend most of our money. I can imagine. On, on food. Um, and it's like, okay, what am I going to cut back? Like how miserable is life going to be? And I think it's probably because I think of the extreme of cutting everything out yeah. instead of just making small changes. Exactly. Um, and yes, yeah, so I put, yeah I, yeah, I need to listen to your next part. <laughs> <laughs> and also reward yourself, which obviously you're doing a lot with food. <laughs> well, why are you judging my cookies? Which is fine. Reward yourself, yes, but not like every week or every month or if you're a student, oh, I've handed them my paper on time, so I need to reward myself. Yeah. No. But occasionally, it's nice to reward yourself here and there. So make sure you do that. All right. I've, you can even budget it. for those rewards. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to text you when, I need, when I'm thinking I'm going to reward myself. You can let me know if I'm... <laughs> yes, a, no, 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 that's not And another idea. tip, always review your budget. Because if you work, if you get a pay rise, if your lifestyle changes, you have to take that into consideration when you are budgeting. Yeah. And another few tips just for uni students to help them save. As I said, course materials, buy secondhand books. Yeah. And when you finish with them, sell them back on Amazon or eBay. Make some money back. Agreed. Um, and also, I know in uni, they charge you everything for like photocopying and printing, printing, which can be a lot of money. Mm. Buy yourself a printer. It's only about £50. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, obviously, use your NUS discount card where possible. I miss possible. that thing so much. Also, get like your student rail cards. I still your use student uni day cards. cards. When you buy shopping, make sure you do a bulk shopping and make sure you're cooking at home to save money. Yep. Yep. And yep. also another. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we've been doing that the last few weeks. And actually, it, it, it helps. helps. It helps. It helps. When you work in central London, they, whew, Leon will take your entire paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> your entire paycheck will go in Leon. Leon and Pret. No, I can avoid Pret, but Leon. <laughs> and another good tip for students is get student contents insurance if you're staying in residence. Because you'd be surprised how much all your belongings yeah. and things are worth. And say if like, I remember Sam saying that you got robbed. You yeah, robbed? twice at uni. You got robbed yeah. twice at uni. Yeah. And then you have to buy a new laptop, a new phone. Yep. Um, because at clothes, the time you don't want to part with the money for insurance. All of that. Mom, can I just yeah, add something? On that one, um, I just remember this. So, uh, depending on what the kind of cover your parents have, you may be covered uh, in uni. So I used to sell home insurance. Okay. And I think some of it comes automatically or sometimes it's an Mm add-on where they'll cover your belongings when you're out at university. So just double check that. So that might be a little money. So you should definitely have contents insurance. And it's only little as sometimes starts from like £10 a month. Yeah, exactly. I just say, the only thing I would say is just double check because you may be covered or you may be able to get covered under your parents' home insurance, which will save you money. Um, so that's the only th- I only remember that quickly now but yeah no, you definitely need it 100% and I think that's probably one of the best tips because he wants to be going up, out and buying a new laptop and a mm. new phone and every year all that crap for sure um, so, somebody yes. said money box money box is a good way to save and invest at the same time any of you guys used it? no but I haven't I see the advert he, he uses it is uh, it 
Moneybox, Money is that the one where... The Moneybox app, yeah. Yeah, I think he uses that Is that one. the one where they take the change? I think so. Or might be another one. I don't know. I, I, see don't the, I think I see the adverts for Yeah, I YouTube. see the adverts on YouTube all the time. Okay. Um, so, on to accommodation. Yes. Okay, so I spoke on when Thursday about accommodation and how it makes up a large so part of... <laughs> right? It's so it was like only a few days ago. <laughs> what do you remember in life ever? Exactly. That's let me. This get back. is a can financial I, I podcast, not a relationship <laughs> can I, one. Can I get so back? Just, yeah, what please. I'm get, about. Get, so I yourself. spoke to the students about accommodation and the fact that it does make up a large part of your um, university expenditure, depending on whether you choose to stay at home um, and commute, whether you choose to live within uni halls, or whether you choose to do private rent and accommodation nearby uni. Um, and I let the students know. And just to recap, that HESA figures that specialise in university statistics said that in 2016, more than 328,000 students opted to remain in the family home in order to cut costs. So as time goes on, people are staying home rather than automatically living out to have the uni experience. Of course, there's pros and cons to all of that, but I'm going to go through some of them really quickly. So um, things to consider when thinking about university accommodation. The first thing is, is it worth it to live out of home? So, okay, living away from university is great. It gives you a whole different experience, but do you actually need to live away from home? Um, I stayed away from home and I, looking at it now, my commute would have been about an hour and a half max. I mean, if the trains and everything were running as they should have. (laughs) Did I really need to live away? But then one thing to look at is the cost versus rent and expenses versus your commute for the year so that's a way you need to weigh it up but is it worth it is it worth to pay the money to live away from home if you're thinking money only obviously if you want experience or to learn independence then you have to look at that separately but in terms of money only is it worth it to live away from home pay rent pay expenses pays bills pay for utilities etc pay pay what utilities (laughs) (laughs) always trying it Listen, I've got a lisp in it. So sometimes <laughs> there's a, there's a slip up. Today, yeah, he has. I just like the way she says eligible. Did you see how I was just trying to make sure that I didn't say it during the presentation? Or I I'm, had sure, to... I'm sure you did. Do you know, it's my parents. Anyway. Ooh, um, I'm your dad. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so like I said, look, if you plan to stay at home, look into how much your commute costs. Because people always say that it is the cheaper way. Actually. But you have to look into costs. Just literally two bits of paper, map everything out, weigh it up, calculate what works best for you. Um, the next thing I say is start your search early. I can't stress this enough. I started my search for uni accommodation quite late because I actually ended up going somewhere else. It wasn't my first choice uni. And of course, if you're looking for accommodation in August versus June, the landlord knows that you're desperate. So you're you're more than likely going to pay more or you just have less options in terms of location and where you're going to be. In terms of private rented accommodation, the 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 locations are out there, the, the properties are out there, but you want something that works for you in terms of cost, location, who you're going to live with. If you plan early, you can live with your friends or pick who you live with rather than literally putting names in a hat, picking three people and living with complete strangers. Mm. Depending on how well you know them, that could impact how much you actually pay for the property if people are not responsible. Um, with halls of residence, if you are eligible... Yeah, <laughs> well done. Well done. Shut up. <laughs> then apply early, um, secure your place with booking and spend the time until your first instalment payment installment spend that time 
budgeting and thinking about how you're actually going to cover the cost of that. Um, malfunction. <laughs> mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. next thing, sh- halls of residence versus private rented accommodation. So um, research collated in 2010 showed that cost per week for university accommodation is higher than private rented accommodation. Obviously, this will vary depending on where you choose to live. And um, it was 2010, so figures might have changed. But you need to, again, weigh up the pros and cons for the different living situations. So, for example, halls of residence provide convenience in terms of location. Private accommodation might be closer than home, but not as close as you'd need it to be. Private accommodation may be cheaper in terms of the monthly rent. However, it doesn't include extras like what you have to pay for water, electricity, TV license, council tax, which people often forget. Um, However, you might be able to negotiate a tenancy agreement where it includes bills. So that is why you need to start early so that you can plan and ask all of these questions and just get what works for you. Um, If you choose to live at home, it might be the cheapest option because you don't have to pay rent or whatever you pay your parents or your carers or whoever you live with you might have to pay a really, really small percentage compared to what people pay for private rent. However, if your commute costs you a certain amount per year, again, does it weigh up? Are you are you paying more in commuting? Also, if you live at home and you go out, because everybody knows uni life is also about, well, first year only, it's about going out and enjoying yourself. And if you can't get home and you're taking taxis for 40, 50 pounds every uh, couple of days and night, that's all going to add up. So it's just about really thinking about the pros and cons. There's a number of pros and cons to consider, but I recommend starting early and literally like allocating time to sit down with two bits of paper or computer, whatever you use, just to weigh up all of the options and pick what's best for you. One one point you made um, on Thursday was the having a joint, I don't know if you just covered it now, having joint tenancy agreement versus having uh, individual ones. Well, that was my next point, but (laughs) go for it. Well done. No, I think it was an interesting one. Like, because you were saying, if you've got the wrong kind of tenancy agreement, if there's three of you and one of you moves out, the other two will be liable for all of the costs yep. versus having separate tenancy agreements. Yep. I didn't know that because I lived at home. Well, so, so for example, if three students choose to rent a three-bedroom flat, you'll either have one tenancy agreement where all of you sign or you'll have separate tenancy agreements. If you have separate tenancy agreements, you are responsible for your monthly rent and for your space, obviously, depending on whether people can get into your space or not. But in terms of payment, you are responsible for your rent only. So if somebody decides after or midway through the year that they don't actually want to continue with uni or they've found a better living situation elsewhere and they choose to dip out rather than serving notice and doing it the correct way, you will only be liable for your rent. Luckily, this happened to me and my friend in uni. The third person decided to leave. Literally, uh, we were out on a night out, came back, her room was empty. We did have the landlord contacting us just asking if we know her whereabouts, but we weren't liable for her rent payments. If that was one tenancy agreement we all bunched together, they're still expecting the total amount in their account every month. And that's just how it is. Also with bills, um, we spoke to somebody after the presentation about students not knowing that they don't have to pay bills in six monthly or quarterly installments. You can negotiate monthly payments. This makes it cheaper. Um, for you and easier to manage and also less likely that somebody's going to dip out and leave you with a six-month bill. Um, Also in regards to your tenancy agreement, 
just be mindful of what you're signing up for because it will clearly set out your financial obligations, what you have to pay for, what it covers and when you have to make those payments. Once you sign that document, it's normally for one year and you are bound by those terms. Um, We spoke about a guarantor. Some students weren't aware of what a guarantor was. Normally when you're signing up for your tenancy agreement, whether it be private residence or halls of residence, you will have to put a guarantor's name on. And a guarantor is basically somebody who you give the responsibility to cover your costs if you're unable to make them. So if you're unable to make rent payments, maybe after a couple of months, it depends on what the terms of the agreement say, um, your guarantor automatically becomes responsible for those payments. So you need to be mindful of who you put down. They will have to go for a reference check and a credit check to make sure they can make those payments. Also, you have to make sure there's somebody reliable that can actually cover that. You don't ever want to be in a situation where you can't cover your rent costs, but you will have to put a guarantor down just in case. And if your guarantor is your family and your family don't know that you're not paying your rent, you might not want it to get to that stage anyway. So be your end always be sensible with how you spend your money. Yeah, and that's the common theme, right? That's it. Just just be sensible. Um. What else? I don't know. So, what have we gone through so far? Tenancy so. agreements, halls. Per- oh, also timing. So, your agreement for a private rented accommodation is likely to be 52 weeks. So, it's the whole year. Halls of residence tenancy agreement is normally between 40 and 45 weeks, depending on how long your terms are. So, if you do opt for private rental accommodation, you're more than likely paying for a longer amount of time than you actually need, obviously not saving you money but I mean if you get a job in the area or if you like the area or you don't mind being there or you're planning to be there for a second year and you're just going to go straight from accommodation to accommodation then that's fine but you just need to really look into what works for you before you make the choice of where you want to live you need to understand what you're signing before you sign any agreement and just weigh up costs I, I can't stress more to just weigh up costs see what works for you but also as Kalisha said be realistic if you know that you want to live out and have the university um, experience you should definitely do that but just budget and be mindful of how much you're going to pay and make it work for you yeah and, and I think above all make sure you uh, email us at info at <laughs> no dead serious because yeah. you know we'll happily go out and try and find stuff out for you um, just really quickly on budgeting, Kalisha's covered it, but I'm going to cover budgeting in terms of rent payments. Um, more than likely, you'll have to be making rent payments. If it's private accommodation, it will be on a monthly basis. So set your day in the month that you're going to pay. If it's halls of residence, there's various payment plans. You can either pay everything up front. You can pay term a, a term up front. You can pay as soon as your student loan drops. You can pay monthly. I would say that however you're choosing to pay, have the money in a separate account. Have a standing order set up. If you don't know what that is, let us know and we'll give you some more information. But have a standing order set up so that the money goes directly into your payee's account. Payee. The receiver's account. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes you directly. Mean you, try and, you try and get too technical. <sighs> mm-hmm. Let's just leave the gap so we can edit it out. <laughs> Cool. So make sure that you, the standing order set up so the money goes directly into the receiver's account on the day that it's supposed to. For that separate account, I don't recommend carrying the card around. I don't recommend having access to being mm. able to withdraw or use the money. You need to make sure rent payment is always there. I think during uni, there's other things you can negotiate with. People always talk about uni students eating beans and corned beef and being broke. I don't know about beans. Like your micronutrients and all that kind no, of stuff. You, you're not thinking about that in uni. You're thinking, should, about, you're thinking about oven food and how to get by. No, I don't know if I can advocate um, that. 
My vegan Rent. friends will like disown me. R- who's thinking? Anyway. <laughs> vegan and uni <laughs> I mean no no but do you know what do you know what nowadays that would be a thing now yeah. people are probably doing that but how dare you say I can't be a vegan if I'm a no, student I'm just being vegan is expensive, expensive. You know? it is, it is, but, it I, is. but I do think it's people are probably doing that now but um, rent is not negotiable your landlord's not going to be saying oh, okay okay that's cool next month and halls of residence are definitely not doing that so make sure rent is something that you're able to keep up on top of and I think you'll only be able to do that by sitting down planning budgeting and knowing exactly how much you're paying making sure it works for you so from your experience what are your do's and don'ts <sighs> okay tell us a bit your experience I have to be real <laughs> I have to give the real to people okay so you, living out for uni is a great experience it definitely taught me a new level of independence um, made me more responsible I had a lot of fun and uh, let's be real, a certain level of fun that wasn't going to happen with my strict African parents. So <laughs> it worked for me. Um, do's, I'd say ask a lot of questions. Um, don't sign off agreements if you don't understand what you're signing up for. Be mindful with your money. Make sure that you have enough to cover yourself. Um, just don't overdo it. Just d- That's a don't. But just, just <laughs> make sure that you, you're staying on top of things while having a good time. Mm. Um, and I think sorry to interrupt but if you are struggling because not any some people are going to struggle to yeah, do that yeah. like seek help as and, soon as you can and there's so much help around there's so much resources in uni that will help you manage anything from your studies to how you're financing your uni life ask the questions and seek that help um, should we all do do's before we do don'ts well, what to do, do in do's. university yeah do's um, in terms of finances in terms of Okay, so it was strange for me because I say I lived at home, so uni for me wasn't much different to college. Mm. It was just more difficult. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think it's kind of stuff Kalisha touched on buying secondhand books. You know, yes. just you know when you, I think my first year everything was brand new. Same, and I used it like. And then you realize, hold on, the module. one that's half the price, it's the exact same information in there. Yep. It's just the graph isn't as pretty as the new one. Exactly. Um, so make sure you do that. For me personally, as a student this was just my situation I bought most things secondhand like yeah. cash converters was my place yeah, uh, iPods you know I mean like in terms of gadgets yeah, and stuff yeah. like that because they come with guarantees anyway like computer yeah. game exchange gives you two years guarantee or a year one of the two but I used to buy a lot of things secondhand um, I, I, if, if I'm honest though I think if you can so some students are just going to be trying to get by but if you're not in that situation and you can start saving I would suggest you do that instead of doing yolo you know yeah. because as we mentioned because one thing that struck me on thursday a lot of the kids they're safe yes yes which yeah. was which i was surprised about and i'm quite yeah. happy about and i think for those guys now i think they should as we kind of suggested for general people look at not just saving but now into investing so if you can start on your investment journey while you're in university if you're in that fortunate position that you've young. got yeah yeah exactly because yeah that money as early as possible exactly because as I kind of mentioned, uh, once you finish uni and you're maybe into your second or third year of working, if you've started saving from beforehand and you've got five, six, ten, whatever amount you have, I think it just sets you on the road to, you know, maybe go get your house or do yeah. whatever you're doing. So if you have surplus money, can think about saving and investing from early. From early. Um, it doesn't feel, it's not an exciting topic or whatever. So just set it up one time maybe use a robo-advisor or something like that yeah. and just leave it and then go live your life. But please, please think about it. That's one thing I would say. And if you. anything, it just teaches you how to do it later oh. in life when you've got a lot more income. 
Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. And it just gets you ahead of the game because, you know, you go throughout uni, you get into the working life and it's like, okay, now I have to do this thing called life. If you can start preparing of just one thing beforehand, I think it helps you. Definitely. Kalisha, what's your do for uni? I said, research, research, research. Google is your friend. You literally can Google anything. Yeah. yeah. Like how to budget, how to save money, how can I make money? Just anything, just Google. Yeah. Mm. That's no, it. I agree. <laughs> Google and YouTube have taught me so much. YouTube any as well. Ooh, yeah. It's all in your face. Um okay, yeah, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna have to I have to do this, right? Okay. Living out, paying your rent. Okay. I'm gonna speak to the ladies, but guys take it on board as well. Hold on, do I need to get this onto the live? You can get it onto the live. Okay. Um you will make some friends. Freshers' week's going to go great. You're going to start bonding with people. Do not get into the trap of having someone that doesn't have any accommodation expenses because they live at home. Stay in you, your uni accommodation three or four days out of the week <laughs> and not pay you for it. Now, listen, there's no issue with joining forces, but don't get taken the piss out of. Don't be that girl that's at home and has always got a 9 p.m. guest and they leave before lectures in the morning. <laughs> And no, no, let's be. And they don't pay towards your accommodation. And if somebody free meals, free meals. That, oh, that was my other. That was my second point of the don't. I guess we're yeah. having a conversation in the car on the way home. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm, saying, I'm not even saying that. But you'll notice that it will start to happen, and you've got rent, and the other people don't have rent. So if that's going to be the case, then split the rent. If you pay three hundred a month for your uni accommodation, then split it one fifty, one fifty. So that is one of my don'ts, and also the food thing. We like to impress in life, but don't go be doing Master Chef and spending right and spending big grocery yes. fees, <laughs> <laughs> big grocery costs, and somebody's eating for free. And at the end of university, they've got no debt, and you're in debt because you were doing showing out. It's just not worth it. Does that actually happen? Yes. Yes. And I always you know what? I really wish yeah. I lived out there. You know. So there were females giving that free accommodation and free food. I see it on Twitter. I, like that's what guys love. Okay, no, let's be real. Okay. Okay, so How that's many... my do for guys out there. Please find yourself a, a rather supportive young lady. No. <laughs> I think, you know, bonding and making friends in uni is fine. <laughs> Just split the expenses. If she's willing to pay, take take it, bro. I'll split the expenses. You're going to be paying um, for a lot of dates in the future. On a serious note, don't overdo it. Don't spend your money as soon as the loan drops because you will find yourself towards the end of term when you're waiting for the next loan to drop that you'll be absolutely broke. And if you work during university as well, you will have to take from that money that you're earning and it will put you in a miserable situation. Cool. Those are my two don'ts. That's your two don'ts. Go on, Kalisha. One of my is don't follow anyone. Don't be afraid to step out of the norm. Don't watch your friends and just do you. 100%. Yeah, very, that's, that's a good one. Just note that there is so much time for socialising and there's so much time for study. So don't forget about the time to study. Don't overdo it with socialising. Make sure you make the lectures. It's only a small portion of the day. Then you will have from early evening to whatever time in the a.m. for socialising, I promise you there is time for both. If you don't proportion your time well, you're going to regret it three years later when you didn't get the grade that you wanted. And when three you know, years later, you regret it forever. Well, yeah, yeah, you'll regret it when you've got that grade and it's not what you wanted. When you know, when as, as you get older, you can look back and see where you wasted time. It's yeah. just not worth it. Put as much time into your studying as you will into your having fun yeah. and you can definitely balance the two. I, I definitely should learn a lot better at university, a lot better. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm cool now, though. We're, we're making it. Decent. But yeah, um, I think for me, 
that is pretty much wraps it up. I don't know if you guys had anything else. No. No. Um, thank you again for the students at Elam. Yeah, thank you for the guys at Elam for coming out. Thank you for Michelle for reaching out and hooking it up. Yeah. Um, we hope to do more things like that. Um, any of the students that were there, please, please, please send us any questions, feedbacks, comments, anything you have at all. Um, you know, we we, we want to design these things to help you guys. So you yeah. need to tell us what you need. And we hope we've been able to answer the questions that you had on the day in this one. But of course, if we haven't, just just send us an email. Yep. And for our normal listeners or everyone, please remember to uh, give us uh, comments, feedback on uh, on iTunes. Uh, you know, like and repost on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, send us emails, info at makingsensepodcast.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, think underscore king underscore J. Me on Twitter, ms underscore s-a-w-m-i underscore x-x. Twitter, miss underscore k underscore v-a-n-g. And that's it. And Making Sense PC, at Making Sense PC on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. DMs. You can holler at us at the DMs as well. Yeah. And Down pass, in the DMs. Yes. And pass this um, episode on to any young people you know yeah. who are studying because we need to start the financial literacy from early. Doesn't cool. Just have to be when we're at a certain age. Thank you guys for listening. Alrighty, bye. Take Peace care. out. Bye.